We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast this is a special recording of the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast i am jason perone along with me as always a pack report is mark eckel Mark and I recorded Thursday's show a little earlier this week. The Packers season unfortunately ended. We recorded on Tuesday, but news broke Wednesday that the Packers have moved on from and dismissed former defensive coordinator Joe Barry. So, of course, we have to talk about that. So we'll talk through that, and you'll hear that discussion here, followed by our original recording, Mark. Welcome back. It's two days in a row. What a what a treat for you and I to get to get back together. So uh, let's just start right there. Joe Barry is let go. The news breaks. What's your what was your reaction? Um, surprised that it happened today, that it happened so soon, but not surprised that it happened because, uh, as we talked about last night, when 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 Matt LaFleur did his press conference Monday and was asked about Joe Barry in particular, but but the staff in general. And he said he you know, he gave a typical coaching kind of answer like. Well, we haven't evaluated that kind of stuff yet. We, you know, we're going to go over everything. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Well, the thing with that is, then he's he's asked a little bit later about quarterback coach Tom Clemens, and he's like, "Oh no, yeah, I want Tom back. I, I love Tom. Tom did a great job." I want, I'm like, "Hmm." He didn't say that about Joe, <laughs> right? He didn't. And with mm-hmm. Tom, he didn't say we have to evaluate or we have to do anything. So that kind of steered me toward Joe's. In, Joe's not. Joe's in trouble. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't think anybody, you know, Packer fans are a little too happy about this, though, I think. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> They're just a little too happy. I mean, let, you know, I'm never happy when, it, when a guy loses his job. I mean, you know, come on, let, let's look at it from a human standpoint. Uh, now, hopefully, hopefully, and I wish, I hope Joe Barry gets hired by another team as a, probably as a linebacker coach. I think he'll have to take a step back if he wants to still, still coach, which he probably does. Now, now, now the onus is on Matt LaFleur. Mm-hmm. To hire a good defensive coordinator, yeah, and there's plenty. That there, there's a lot out there, you know, and everybody's going over the names. We all know the names, but there's a lot to choose from. However, there's a lot of teams that are also Packers are not alone in looking for a defensive right. coordinator. You yeah. got the Philadelphia Eagles are looking for one. 
the New York Giants are looking for one. Dallas, maybe, if Dan Quinn gets a head coaching job, which is expected or 50-50 at least, that mm-hmm. Dan Quinn is going to get maybe Seattle or wherever. Washington when, is looking for one because they don't have a head coach yet. So when they hire it, whoever they hire to be their head coach, probably Ben Johnson, he's going to have to hire a defensive coordinator. Bears are looking for a defensive coordinator. Carolina, well, Carolina, looking for a head coach, looking for a coordinator. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, looking for a head coach, looking for a coordinator. I mean, I can go on and on. They're, they're, the bottom line is there's a lot of teams. So I, I think that's why maybe the Packers acted as quickly as they did. Because if they have a guy in mind, they want to get him before someone else does. That's a, that's a really good point. You'll hear some of the the stuff that you just said, Mark, on the on the original recording after this. But okay. my my thought was. Yeah, I guess you're never totally prepared for when the news is going to drop. That makes sense. I mean, you know, they uh, the, the Packers obviously did not listen to you when they when you asked them to drop this news right before we record, not right after we record. Yeah. But fortunately, we were able to well, make this. They didn't know this. we were doing it a day early. They didn't know we were doing it a day early. So if we were on our normal schedule, it probably yeah it would have it would have worked out. We would have been. We would have been fine. So, yeah, same thing. There, there's a lot of joy on in Packer circles, and there were a lot of people who were very frustrated with Joe Barry. And, and I think a lot of that gets fed by the narratives that, that are thrown out there. Now, it's the Packers' defense definitely left some to be desired. I'm not saying Joe Barry was, was unjustly let go. He, the Packers needed to make this change. You and I have said as much. I've said as much many, many times. And so I agree with them making the move. But – you know, dancing around in the in the streets too. I mean, I, I listen. Our fan base is a very passionate bunch, and in fact, if you haven't listened to it, Andy did a, a an instant reaction show, a video show breaking down some really good candidate options, and so we don't have to go through everyone like like uh, you know we we could here because Andy did a great job yes, earlier. Yes. I mean, a lot of the names have, have, have been mentioned. In fact. Just before you and I got together on on Wednesday, Mark uh, Vic Fangio was announced. He and the Miami Dolphins have decided to mutually part ways. Now, right. Packers fans are immediately going to want to jump on on Vic Fangio, but you have to remember that a lot of these things and a lot of these moves in the NFL, it's a very very tight circle. Everybody knows everybody, and a, a lot of these moves are already kind of made on the on the back end. It's just a matter of of making it formal. So when a name like Vic Fangio is out there, I, I think you have to consider that he's got a lot of relationships in the league. It's you know there's a good chance that uh, that there's there's probably already a spot for him somewhere, and and I don't know if we want to get more specific oh, yeah. than that. Oh, but. I'll get real specific, yeah, because by the time you you're listening to this, he could already be in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The reason he left Miami, the Miami, and, and get the Dolphins, the Dolphins let him out of his out of his contract. He wanted to be closer to his family. I don't know if there's some family issues or whatever, but he wants to be closer to his family, which is in Pennsylvania. He did work. He was a consultant for the Eagles last year when they went to the Super Bowl. And apparently from reports I had heard last year, when when John Gannon left to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Gannon was the Eagles defensive coordinator in the Super Bowl year. Fangio wanted that job, but he didn't. Gannon left very late, if you remember. Gannon didn't, didn't get the Cardinals didn't hire him until after the Super Bowl. And rumor, you know, that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. So Fangio didn't want to, I guess he thought, word got out that Gannon wasn't going anywhere. So Fangio said, okay, I'm not going to, he's not getting a job. I'm going to take the Miami job. So he took, and looking back, I think he would have preferred to stay in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia uh, a, a year ago. So, so yeah, he don't, don't count on him. And, and, and you know what? I'm not sure 
isn't Fangio kind of isn't that like a Joe Barry kind of defense? Yeah, I, yeah, I think. I, yeah, there's, there's. I don't want that. Yeah, there's, there's similarities. We talked about it on the original recording, and I think I don't know if we we talked about. Do you want somebody that's that's younger? Are you worried about the relating to younger players thing, or or what? What's what's your a little bit. The only guy, well, the, the one older guy that I would want is Wink Martindale. Yeah, yep. Because I like his style. I like his. We're going to just blitz the heck out of you. We're going after a quarterback. We're going to cause havoc. So him, he, he's the one. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not. I don't think I want Ron Rivera. I don't think I want Mike Zimmer. I don't think I want. Again, I, I, if, I could be sold on any of them, but I think I, I prefer. I don't want like totally unproven either. I don't want to. Take, I mean, the Packers are—they've come too far now to take a shot on a guy that's never done it before. Now, yeah. with that said, I wouldn't mind Al Harris only because I know him and like him. But there, yeah, I don't—I mean, there's there's a lot of names. There's a lot of good. There's a, right now this, as we speak today on Wednesday evening, there are quite a few that I would think are very qualified to, to be the Packers' next defensive coordinator. You brought up a good point yesterday. I, I, th- I think it was before we started recording. And so let me address this with you because Al Harris is going to be a very popular name. And I want to caution Packers fans against thinking about Al Harris as the player that we remember and the things that he did on the field. Because he was a very good cornerback. He made a lot of really big plays for the Packers. And as a corner, you can't really ask for a better specimen than Al Harris from a mental, emotional and a, a you know a, an on the field play standpoint he was fantastic and if if there's a voice in the room that you want coaching up your defensive backs I wouldn't hesitate for a second there but as a defensive coordinator and you mentioned this as well too he's already in Dallas and so if Dallas ends up needing a defensive coordinator and they don't hire Al Harris that raises some questions right right I would think they will I mean that's that's the thing too if Dan Quinn does go to to be a coach, Seattle is the rumor for him. I would think Mike McCarthy's move or Gary Jones's move, whoever who's ever doing a hiring in Dallas. You know, you promote Al Harris. He's he's been your D backs coach. Your your D backs have played very well under him. So I would think uh, that that's the natural pro- progression. But as you pointed out, we're talking about Gary Jones. So you know, Gary might say, "No, I want I want for, you know I want a I don't want a young guy that I want you know I want to go get a big a, a bigger name a bigger you know." Ron Rivera instead, just to use a name. So who knows? But, you know, I think But I kind of think if the Cowboys are smart and they lose Quinn. Now, here's here's the the other side of that. If if you're Al Harris and Green Bay calls you tomorrow, do you jump at the opportunity or do you wait? Because Dan Quinn hasn't got a job yet. Do you blow the chance of Green Bay by waiting for Dan Quinn? I don't know. That's, That's a really good question. Big... <laughs> but I, I would imagine if the Packers are already calling him, knowing that there's that potential movement going on in Dallas, they're probably not going to give him a ton of time to make the decision. It's like, right. hey, are you interested or not? And then, it, you know, because the Packers, this, this, it's happened before. They wanted Jim Leonard before they hired Joe Barry. And Jim yeah. Leonard turned, turned them down and said no. And then Joe Barry was hired very shortly after that. So it wouldn't be the first right. time that – that that has happened necessarily. But I've also seen a, a couple of opinions here on how important this decision has become and markets really remarkable because the offensive ascension was on like super hyper speed this season. And, and this offense is a, probably like a, a full year ahead of where I thought we, I think we thought they were going to be maybe even like quicker than that. And so now this decision becomes really, really important because congratulations, Packers fans at least offensively, the window is back open. 
I mean, the Green Bay Packers are at their at their peak offensive performance, a deep playoff team. And so now you can't you can't just plot along defensively. The defense has to match no, no. the offense here. And it's it's a very, very important decision that needs to be made for Matt LaFleur. It's very, very pivotal. And I will tell you this, because, you know, ad nauseum, I say it all the time. I'm my little pre-qualifier. I've been very hard on Matt LaFleur at times this season. He knows the gravity of this decision. He knows how important this is. It's but the NFL is and and you covered the, the league for a long time, Mark. The NFL is can be really really tough because you're not always afforded the the amount of time to do all the research and all the vetting that you want. It's it's it comes at you really fast. Oh, absolutely. I let me just one more thing about Al, Al Harris because um, I know Al pretty well. I did a story about him when he went into the Packer Hall of Fame. Uh, I guess that was was it a year ago or two years ago? I forget. It was recently that he he was inducted into the Packer Hall of Fame, and I. I called him and we, we talked. I did a story about him, you know, being inducted. And I remember, I'll never forget him, him, him saying to me, you know, Green Bay has always, will always be a special place for, for me. I, I grew up, you know, even though he played in Philly first for, for a few years, he just loved his time there, loved everything about the, about the city and the fans and the team. So I think if, if, if that's the guy they want, the more I think about it, if, if, if that's who Matt LaFleur and the Packers want, I think he'd leave Dallas even with the chance to become their defensive coordinator, I think he would leave the Cowboys to come back to Green Bay. I, 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 that's, again, I don't know if, if the Packers want him or not. I don't, I'm, not mm-hmm. in that, I'm not in that tight circle with, with Matt LaFleur, but I think he would. I really do. I, and I think a lot of Packers fans, like I said, you know, they're familiar with him. I think, I think they'd be happy with it. He checks a lot of boxes for things that fans and, and even media people have been – no, he hasn't. That's, that's one he doesn't. Those are some big boxes he does not check. Another good point that Andy made uh, as well is that the game of football has become very data-driven. And so Al Harris is a great technique coach, but as far as the analytics and some of those things that are important for a defensive coordinator to understand, especially in today's NFL, I don't know how strong he is in those areas. He's a very intelligent you know, right. guy, he's a very intelligent player. I have no, no question about that. And, and Al Harris comes in, you're, you're going to have a solid character guy and you're going to have a really good culture on your defense. I just, there's more to it than that. And, you know, only, only the team that hires him or, or whoever it is that's in the Packers know exactly what it is that they're looking for. But again, like I said, the league comes at you fast and some of these candidates that the Packers might want might get snatched up by other teams. It's just, there is, there's, there's such a tight, inner circle and, and relationship with, with these coaches. They've all worked together before. They've played together before. They all know each other. You know, it's it's almost like a big a big frat party at the end of the yeah. season where you're picking your favorites. I have a feeling, though, and I could be wrong, but I have a feeling that the Packers let Barry go knowing who they want and knowing that, all right, we're, I don't think, like, again, I, I could be wrong. I don't think this is going to be drawn out. I think I think we could have a new coordinator in here by the weekend, if not, and unless they want to, that they don't want to announce it during right before the championship game, so maybe they wait till till Monday. But I don't think this is going to be two, three weeks to a month. I think they're going to do it Quickly. if they get the guy. They, I think they have a guy they want, and if that guy wants them, I think it could happen pr- pretty quickly. I I just thank goodness for you know the, the stars aligning and all these things coming together. This season we wrapped it up a little bit in the in the back half of the show because it was their first off season show, but. Thank goodness that the offense did flourish the way that it did so that the decision that they're making here is 
is not a two to three to four year horizon. It's like, no, we want, we need to do some damage next year. I mean, it's, oh. and, and they have time. And Jordan Love is going to get extended and there's going to be time. And I know that he's not the, the whole offense, but obviously the quarterback is a really key part of that whole thing right there, too. But we, Matt LaFleur knows like, hey, whoever I bring in right now, like this can't be a, a two year ramp up. You know, we for, we had the fortunate problem of our offense just exploding and they're ready to go. And these guys are going to come out and, and produce and they're going to do some really, really good things next year. I have to assume and hope that Aaron Jones is going to be back. At running back, I don't know how. I don't know how on earth you don't bring him back. Well, uh, and, wait, 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 see, and, uh, and you know, Aaron Jones has has in the past. Now, I you know, I don't know if it's going to change. I assume that it won't. He is obviously very happy in Green Bay. He's all as much a Packer as any other other player I've ever seen in my whole entire life. But he, you know, you want him back. He wants to be back. I'm sure, and he has he has made it easy for the team to bring him back and done whatever and he needed to stay. So I think it's important for him and his family to have that stability and they like being Green Bay. So I assume that Jones is back. And with all that being the case, again, you know, like I said, and, and they've got they've got draft capital now. And, and uh, to your point, Mark, also, I mean, the Packers want to bring somebody in sooner than later, but they probably want to get this person in here as well so they can start uh, game planning if if they're going to have any input at all into the draft. And I don't know how that works. Well, you would, I mean, yeah, I think that a little bit. I mean, you're going to want, First of all, you you know, whoever the guy is, the first question you ask him is, you know, are we staying in a 3-4 or you want to go 4-3? And if the answer is 4-3, then you're looking to make, you, you know, you're looking to draft a different kind of guy than you than you have been, at least up front. Yeah, I, think that, I don't think the D.C. gets final say on the pick, but he gets, he gets a little say. I mean, you want a guy that's going to fit his scheme, certainly, right? So, so there's that. And here's the other question, and I, before we wrap this up, is I also hope Whoever they hire, from if it's Al Harris, if it's Wink Martindale, if it's the the guy from Tennessee, Chris Harris, whoever it is, I, I hope they let him bring in some of his own staff as well, and they don't just make him keep Barry's staff, which was which was kind of a leftover from Petten's staff. Because I think that's important yeah. for for any coordinator or head coach, or whoever, to have some of his own people with him. Like you know, like last year they they hire Barry and they make him keep Gary Gray, not just. That didn't work. They didn't get along at all. They didn't. They didn't see. Not that it wasn't personal, but it just wasn't. They didn't see eye to eye on different calls and schemes and whatever else. So that's important, I think. For now, you might want. You might highly suggest that he keeps the, the, the defensive line coach or the whoever. That's up to you. I know. I don't. I'm, I don't know who the Packers think highly of on their staff and who they don't. But yeah, you might want to keep one just for continuity. But I think it's important to let your coordinator bring in at least one or two of his own guys as well. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet, do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. 
I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun. It's exciting. It's easy. And there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, at least. And Matt LaFleur was, you know, Mike Pettin was handed to Matt LaFleur and it was essentially like you you need to roll with and keep this guy. I mean, I think that was a, a strong condition of Matt LaFleur coming on board yeah. with Mike Pettin. And so I think I think LaFleur has to be empathetic to the fact that, you know, how did he feel when that was the case? He may have not loved it, but he took the job and it was OK. I mean, I, you know, they went to two NFC championship games. They just didn't win either one of them. Uh, with with Mike Pettin, but you obviously it's it's the old Bill Parcells cliche. If you're if you want me to cook the meal, I want to I want to be involved in buying the groceries. Sure, and I and I agree with you. I agree with you 100. percent I I and and I, you know the Packers have some really solid coaches on their staff. We don't ever want to see anybody leave or anybody lose their job or anything like that. But it it just kind of is life in in the business where when the head of the food chain is is let go, then the other pieces there sometimes need to change and and. And if someone else is coming in, it's it's hard for them to really do everything that they want to do if they don't if they don't have their their people, their organization, their staffing and and the coaches to, to make the change. And like you said, too, the, the three, four, four, three thing is is very important. Obviously, if they're going to if they're going to switch philosophies and listen, the NFL isn't just a pure three, four, four, three thing anymore. I mean, there's right, two, five, right. two, five, five, two. You know, all there's there's of, all yeah, kinds of iterations of it. I mean, on starting lineups now, they're announcing nickel cornerbacks as starters. Yep. So obviously things have changed in the NFL. It's not just your son. So all of those things are are important. And I assume by the time we're recording next week, uh, if we're if we're lucky, because I believe, Ooh, we'll be believe we're back on schedule. On yeah, just you know, Wednesday Wednesday afternoon would be uh, yeah, would, or Wednesday, Wednesday Wednesday morning. morning. Wednesday morning, give us time to think about it, and then we yeah, that'd be great. Wednesday morning well, would would hey, be we, we we came full circle with we were doing the show when they hired Barry, and we're up again when they when they get, when they let Barry go. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> there you go. And it's it's you know it's very appropriate given that we were the the defensive breakdown during yeah, the, during the week. So. I think so, LaFleur knew that. 
So that's why he waited till Wednesday. He did. He listens. Well, he's an avid listener, obviously. Oh, absolutely. He's an avid listener to the show. I mean, you hear him. At least I don't know about anybody else's, but I know he listens on Thursdays. To Thursdays. Well, and yeah, because you hear hear him quoting our stuff all the time. And I'm sure he's uttered your name. All the time. Yeah. (laughs) I get get emails from him, you know, asking me about this and that and what the weather is. Still on the list. So, so. So what you're so what you're telling me is is that some of the shortcomings are are partially your fault. <laughs> I'll take credit for Jordan Love. How's that? There, Dad, as you should. You've been a huge, huge supporter of him since since the very beginning. So I know the the back half of what we did uh, previously is is pretty robust. So any final thoughts on Joe Barry? And and obviously we have we have to wait and see what the Packers do here. But any final thoughts? No, I mean, again, I wish Joe Barry well. I hope he gets, like I said, I hope he gets another job somewhere, uh, if not as a coordinator, as a linebacker coach. Because he seems like a really nice man. And I hate to see people lose their jobs. But it was time. It, was, it wasn't, this wasn't a knee-jerk reaction by, by LaFleur. It was a, you know, he had three years to get this right, and he didn't get it right. So this is a bottom-line business, you know. And the Packers defense just didn't live up to its billing, that didn't live up to, its, to the players on the defense. So it had to happen. If you want to, and if you want to throw in the special teams coordinator and coaching situation as well, Matt Lafleur is kind of up against it here because his history is not the strongest when it comes to hiring some of his staff and and coaches. The Packers have performed well and they've done some really good things, but it's it's a far from a foregone conclusion that this is going to be some sort of a home run hire, and and so we all have to hope that this works out really well and the defense comes in ready to do their at least 50% to complement a just rising star offense that has been put together. So it should should be a fun couple weeks as we gather more information there, find out who's going to be coming in, talk through that, get ready and do some draft prep and all the other things that the offseason brings now that we've kind of come down off of the disappointment of the loss to the San Francisco 49ers and the end of the Packers season. Mark, are you going to do any uh, anything going up on Packer Report for this? Is this changing anything or is it still no, the same schedule? No, I'm, I'm actually on vacation. <laughs> Uh, I'm, there's a million stories up on Packer Report. Ross did one. I think Zach did one. I think I I, did, I, I know. Um, I did my story, but hopefully I'll be around. I'll be back when they hire the. If they hire Al, Al Harris, I'll certainly do a story because I have Al's phone number. But yeah, no, the our, our the rest of the staff did a great job today putting things together about. Uh, so go on Packer re, re, Report to read all about the Joe the, the, the Joe Barry stuff. It, it it won't be my stuff, but it'll be it's very well done by. I said Ross and yep. Zach and the guys. Yeah, the team over there does a great job. And there's a lot of really good coverage that's that's already up on it. I'm sure the podcast will be good to listen to. A lot of really good content, stuff to kind of take our minds off of the, like I said, the fact that the Packers should still be playing right now. But thanks, everybody, for giving us a few extra minutes. And we'll go ahead and wrap up this uh, this portion of the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Everybody enjoy the original run coming up right now. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast, the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast on four. Fortunately, it is the first off-season edition, Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Following the 2023 season, I am half of your Thursday crew, Jason Perrone. I am on X slash Twitter at Jason Perrone. And I also do the Quick Slants podcast over at Game On Wisconsin, which came out on Monday after this game. We'll see how the future uh, goes and what the future holds and if I'll have more regular uh, Quick Slants going forward with me as always a Packer report is Mark Eckel. The party is over, Mark. Yes. The party went, but it went longer than we thought. <laughs> a lot went longer than a lot of people thought. But um a tough loss. I mean nothing, you know, 
they, they played well for, you know, they, listen, it, it, they, there's a million things that happened in that game that if it, you know, could have gone the other way, the Packers would still be playing and we'd be talking about the Packers defense going against uh, Derek Goff and the Lions offense. But, you know, the, you know, a lot of, and again, I, I understand how fans are and, and, and we're fans too. And you, you say this and if the Packers did it, well, you know, they played a pretty good team. They played a very good team. Mm-hmm. And the Niners made some plays. The Niners took some things away that, that had worked for the Packers in the past. And so you have to give the Niners a little – I mean, listen, the Packers could have won that game. Uh, some people might even say that they should have won that game. But you got to give the San Francisco 49ers, as tough as it is, as it is, you have to give them credit for making more big plays. You know, they, they caught the interception that Jordan Love threw. The Packers didn't catch interceptions that Brock Purdy threw. I mean, you can make it as simple as that. Yep. If, if Darnell Savage and, and Keyshawn Nixon catch what probably much easier interceptions, it's probably a different game. You know, if, if and there's a lot of ifs, but bottom line is, you know, like you said, season party's over, but it was a good party. It was a pretty good party. It, it was. It lasted longer. Obviously, we all know how what the expectations were, and the Packers had to win some games to just get into the postseason, and then they shocked Dallas. And once again, here we are, talking about a Packers team that played 55-plus minutes of winning football. They were ahead, winning, beating the the number one seed, the better team on paper, the, you know, the, the team that they had no business beating. And then in the last couple minutes, they let it slip away. This is a tale as old as time. It is becoming very, very old, very rinse and repeat in Green Bay. This spans multiple coaching staffs. And it's, it is for as much as we can appreciate the extra time that we had with this team. And that we got a lot of questions answered, very important questions answered in 2023, most namely the quarterback. And we can be very grateful for that because that bodes well for the future. It's was a, it was a, a missed opportunity. I mean, you, like you said, Mark, we should be previewing a divisional matchup for the NFC Championship game and making all the stupid comparisons to the Packers going to Chicago in 2010 and now going to Detroit with a, a, a great chance to win the game because they already beat the Lions in Detroit once. And obviously they're not going to play the same type of game twice in a row, but you know, they can beat the Lions and then, holy cow, this team that was 2-5 and five at one point is potentially in a Super Bowl in a season in which we were just trying to figure some things out. So it is, it is very, very unfortunate. And, and I, I don't want to blame this on, and I'm not blaming it on Matt LaFleur, but if we go back to this season and a lot of the stuff that you and I talked about, we did the defense versus the other opponent's offense. And what's nice about this show now and in, in the offseason is we can talk about the offense. We won't, won't get in trouble for that now. But... The the disappointing thing here is that Matt LaFleur is now 0-3 against San Francisco in the playoffs. Three of the five years he's been the Green Bay Packers head coach, he has been bounced out of the playoffs by San Francisco. The only time it was in San Fran was in 2020 when it was the Tampa Bay Bucks, another game they shouldn't have lost. And so you give a little bit of leeway because it's a young team and this is not the Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay Packers that were all in with the veterans and all these guys that were supposed to be steady enough to go win the playoff game and win the big game that got you through. But I still think this was an opportunity squandered. There is no guarantee that the Packers are going to be back to the divisional round last year. There's no guarantee that even though I would argue if Detroit doesn't look good for some reason against San Francisco and they get blown out, 
this weekend. I think the Packers go into next season as the divisional favorites, even though the Lions won the division this year. And they, I think Green Bay goes, but that doesn't mean that they're going to win the division. It doesn't mean that they're going to get the home playoff games. It doesn't mean that they're going to take the steps forward in the playoffs. They might have a good regular season, but we still have so many so many questions about the playoffs. It's just, it's just kind of the old rinse repeat. We talked a little bit before the show, just, you know, the missed opportunities when Darnell Savage dropped that interception, I was watching the game at, at a local Packers bar here in town with, with my friend Monty Moore uh, for Turgeson on, on Twitter. For those of you, he's over at last call uh, Lambo. He does that podcast over game on Wisconsin. As soon as Darnell Savage dropped that first interception, I lost my mind and almost my voice. You can still hear a little bit of the that's this rasp that you're hearing is from that one play because I, I, I knew I was like, there it is. Right. And that is such a defeatist way to watch a football game. And I'm sure you're glad you didn't have to watch the game with me. Cause you would have, you know, been, you, you would have gone crazy, but you just, I still think there was an opportunity squandered here that we can't totally overlook, even though the future does look bright. Let me say, let me just say two things. I'm with you on both the squandered opportunity. Savage's play was, was, yeah, you, I, I didn't scream as loud as you did, but I was like, oh, no. You know, yeah, I mean, that was, it was probably a pick six. I, I mean, it's hard to see on TV if they're who, where the Niners players were, but at worst, it was, they were going to have the ball, you know, deep in San Francisco territory. Pro, Savage, but with the decent speed that he has, I don't think anybody would have called him. I think it would have been a, a, a replay of the of the Cowboy game. The plays that got me where I was, where I almost lost my voice, was the third and one and fourth and one from the fourteen, when they had two cracks to get a yard or maybe even less than a yard. But the fourth was definitely less than a yard, and they didn't get it. And well, they did get it, but down. but I but well, I know what you mean. <laughs> they could have got it easier. How about that? <laughs> yes, don't make it, okay. don't make it come, come down to a credit card measurement. Right. I mean, I, I hated the third down play because I hate when you're going to run like this. Why are you? I hate shotgun runs from from that. And when you only need a yard, get under center and let Aaron Jones get the, or, or do whatever you're whatever you. I don't care who gets the ball. I mean, I guess well, it wouldn't be Aaron Jones, but, but I don't. I hated him being shotgun for that. So he so he stopped. And then fourth and one, they do the sneak. And if you're going to do that, you know, the Eagles version of the quarterback sneak. And bring in a big old boy. Bring in, bring in T.J. Slayton or somebody to push mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Not Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, do do it the, the way you know. Have a big guy, uh, offensive line, whatever. Have somebody pushing them to get to. So it's not even close. So when they didn't, when that, when that, that's when I said, oh no, this, uh, this is bad. But but they kind of overcame all that. They had a great third quarter. You know, they were down seven six when they could have been up. I thought twenty. I thought they could have. 21 points, they three three trips to the red zone in the first half, and they only get two field goals out of it. That that to me, that's where they lost the game. And a missed yeah. turnover. I mean, it could have been 24, 28. You oh, know, well, at, well yeah, after yeah, the if, if, if Savage picks off the ball and right. they either kick a field goal or they go down and score a well, touchdown. They did, score. they did score a field goal after that drive, I think, because mm-hmm. so, they stopped them. They got the ball. They went, went down and got a field goal, I believe. Yeah. But anyway. Too many, yeah, they left too many points on the board, and to me, that's where the game was lost. I know you can talk about the missed field goal, you can talk about the drive at the end, but the Niners. So, but if they're up twenty-one-seven at that point, instead of being down at halftime, instead of being down seven-six, it's a different game. Everything's different. They're not worried about field goals at the end; they're just killing clock. So that's that's my take on the game. As far as comparing it to their other losses, 
I didn't feel quite as bad. Like, all right, they got blown out by the Niners LaFleur's first year, right? 2019. They got to the championship game, Niners, Niners blew them out. That Niners team was just that, that, that the Packers weren't ready at that point. They just, they, you know, they got to the championship game, but they weren't. I was, I mean, they weren't ready. <laughs> the year they lost two years ago, I guess, right? When they, in the divisional round, when they, that was on, that loss was inexcusable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's when they had the, the blocked punt and the blocked field goal. And Aaron Rodgers puts up a ball of 10 points. You know, they were that. No, that game, that was that. No, that was that's one of my worst Packer losses. I mean, it's, it's not as bad as fourth and 26 or Favre's loss to the Giants in the in the Ice Bowl, too. Or is it, well, nothing will ever beat Seattle, but but it's it's in the top, it's in the it's up, it's in that top 10 or top five now because I that was just they were the better, you know, they were the better team. They they should they were home. There was no yeah, no excuse for losing that game. It's just really There's frustrating. It, it's really frustrating, Mark, that you had so many examples to draw back on. I mean, the last <laughs> 20 years of Packers football has been a lot of great games. They've won a ton of games. We have had hope in almost every season, and I'm not going to complain about that. But man, and this spans all the head coaches and all the regimes. This is not a, you know, this is not me trashing on only Matt LaFleur. I do think that there's some things to revisit here, trends and things like that. But man, the way that this Packers team has gone out in in some of these seasons is just absolutely mind boggling. Well, the only thing that made me feel, and I I was, I was feeling bad Saturday night into, into Sunday. And, you know, they, you know, like I'm that third and one and fourth and one going over in my head, and Savage's, you know, drop was going over in my, you know, and I was feeling bad. And then, even though I wanted this team to win, but I, I watched part, you know, I didn't watch the entire game, but I watched most of it. When the Bills lost, I said, oh, "Well, I could be a Bills fan, right?" I mean, <laughs> talk about torture. As, as, I mean, the, the, what, the, what Bills fans have gone through in their lifetimes makes Packer fans look like they've lived a charmed life. They, yeah, they, they really, and, and again, veteran kicker misses a big field goal at the end of the yep. game. And I tweeted and I saw that you acknowledged it. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. And I said, oh my gosh, it's almost like some other veteran kickers miss kicks in that situation too. Now yeah. I do, if we want to touch on it real briefly, I don't imagine we want to spend a ton of time talking about the kicker because there were a lot of issues this season with Anders Carlson and there was a lot of opinions about whether the Packers should have signed another kicker to the practice squad and said, hey, listen, you can still salvage having him as your future guy. But knowing that he struggled so much this season in a critical game like this, you don't want that to be the reason that you don't move on. And some people would say that it is because it was one of the last things that happened in the game. Although, like you said, Mark, a lot of stuff happened in the first half that really kind of ruined things before that even they even needed to kick a field goal. And if they take care of some of those things, then they don't have to worry about kicking the field goal. And that doesn't really matter. It doesn't come down to that. But it it is another thing where there are levels of preparation that that this coaching staff has to go through to get a team ready for a playoff game. And, And knowing that the last playoff game that you lost was in large part because a problem that had manifested itself throughout the entire season shows up, of course, in the playoff game. And it's the same head coach, and you knew that the kicker wasn't very good. Do you do you believe that that it was a miss by Matt Lafleur in a not having been through this just two years ago, and b all the examples we saw during the regular season that they didn't address it going into their 
playoff game, the most important game on their schedule so far. No, I, I'm I'm of the belief they did. I mean, people, everybody's saying, oh, they should have signed. Who are you going to sign? Well, they wanted Mason Crosby. Who was three for six with the Giants this year. Right, right. 50%. But can we stop acting like Mason Crosby is, you know, Jan Stenerud? Right. All right? I mean, the guy had a great career. He, he had a good career with the Packers. And a nice guy. What a nice, I've dealt with him more than once. Great guy. Great, great guy. You know, his first four years in the league were worse than Anders Carlson's rookie year. Mm-hmm. Five of his first five of his first six years were worse than Anders Carlson's rookie year. So, and people say, "Well, no, he, Carlson missed more extra points." Yeah, well, when Crosby was Crosby was, was kicking extra points, they were from twelve yards out or whatever the hell it was. Right. You know, he wasn't kicking thirty-three yard extra points. He was kicking eighteen, whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. So don't, don't compare the extra points. Field goals to field goals. He was under 80% his first four years and five of his first six. So, no, I didn't want a 100-year-old Mason Crosby out there. Um, you know, And as you always said, he couldn't keep the ball to the 10-yard line oh, by the geez. time he was done. So, right. no, I did not want Mason Crosby. I did not want Mason Crosby. Now, if you tell me there's some – again, uh, there's a lot of teams with, with having kicking problems. Packers like, aren't, aren't the only ones. I think every team that lost this weekend, this past weekend, missed a field goal. Or a kick of some sort. Right. And the Niners missed one, too. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Jake Moody's miss was Kobe awful. Wood that was the worst-looking kick in the entire game. Well, Wood, well, Wood blocked it. Wood got a hand no, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you got a hand on it. I forgot about that. Yep, that's so, true. But I'm saying it's still, it's still a miss. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, and here's the other thing about that, about the missed field goal attempt, is if he makes it, they, the Packers don't win the game. No. It, 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 at worst, it's tied. Yeah. OT. And who's to say Shanahan wouldn't have gone for two? I don't think he would have gone for and, two, and but the overtime in the playoffs, like, just forget it. <laughs> just forget it. Right? <laughs> yeah, haven't, Packers haven't done well in overtime. No. They, have, have they ever won? Seattle. Yeah, they beat Seattle when, when Hasselback said we're going to take the ball and score. Uh, yeah, 38, now years, you know, 38 years ago. So, well, I'm yes. just saying, that's the one I remember. That, that is the one they won, but they lost to the Eagles in overtime. They lost to the Giants in overtime. Who am I forgetting? Cardinals. Seattle. Yeah, I guess. Cardinals. Yeah, Seattle, Cardinals. Overtime. Cardinals twice in overtime, right? Yep, Cardinals. And uh, I don't remember if the 2013 Niners game was in OT or if it was just as time expired in the fourth quarter. But uh, No, no, that was with zero on the clock and then time expired. So, and Rain- speaking of Al yeah, Harris. We don't want to, so you didn't want overtime. You no, want no. No, speaking of Al but, Harris, we might we might uh, hear his name again in this show. So because we'll, we'll you know, we'll talk about some some other stuff there, too. I mean, we don't have to focus necessarily all on the on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the the defense, I, I would say, like, you know, the, the, in the last drive, they were terrible. I mean, they gave up the they gave up that touchdown mm-hmm. to, to Christian McCaffrey. It reminded me of the Terrell Davis touchdown in Super Bowl 32 and where it was like, just let him score. So we have time to, you know, at least time to try to do something with the ball. And then what did they do with the ball? Jordan Love makes one of the worst throws of his season. A throw that he was accused of making a lot in practice uh, for the past few years leading up to his fantastic back half of the 2023 season. So once again, in the biggest moment, the the you know the player that you need to play his best didn't. And he made he made a terrible throw, terrible decision, and it ended ended the game. Ended his ended the season for the team. And I, you know, I listen. We've it, 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 it's it's four days, five days since the game was was over. At this point, I I just I guess when you guys come to me, you guys like the listeners or you whoever everybody when when we get to the point where we start talking like realistically and legitimately about what we expect and what we think 
the 2024 Packers are going to look like. I'm going to have a hard time. I mean, I can I can walk you through the regular season and tell you that I think they'll have a much nicer regular season. I think they're going to win double-digit games next year and all that kind of stuff. But for the playoffs, I, I can tell you what you can sign me up for. I mean, uh, we've, we have seen this formula repeat over and over and over and over again with this head coach and with this team. And, yeah, it's hard to win playoff games, all the cliches, all that other kind of stuff. I don't care. Overcome it. Be better. Do something different. Woo me. You know, wow me. Mesmerize me. Well, what would you do? Mesmerize yourself. I mean, well, first of all, the compl- there's just the loyalty and the complacency on this team. I understand you don't want to, you know, you don't want to make a change or a big coaching change midseason, but I don't think, I mean, Joe, was Joe Barry really going to lead this defense and, 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 stand up and step up and make a big play and overcome the crappery that led them to need to stop the 49ers to try to salvage this game when their kicker missed a kick to try to ice it away. And they couldn't punch it in after the long Aaron Jones run, which was, that was the whole thing that set the, and the, the, the three missed opportunities, you know, like the defense has a chance to step up and do the thing. Nope. Sure. Didn't, didn't step up. Like a hot knife through butter, Christian McCaffrey just waltzes into the end zone, missed tackles left and right. It's not Joe Barry's fault, but it is Joe Barry's defense. You know, culture matters. So it's not like Darnell Savage can't make a tackle. He had a pick six last week. He dropped one this week. It's not, he's made tackles before. Now all of a sudden you can't tackle Christian McCaffrey in the most critical moment. You can't step up and nut up and make a big key tackle. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Like, you know, why aren't your players more? I mean, if you have to motivate them to get up for this game and they just weren't good enough players that could have made better plays, didn't make better plays. Rashawn Gary, you know, I I mean, he's not going to go out against, and I think he was on the opposite side. Trent Williams, obviously one of the best left tackles in football. So you knew Preston Smith was going to be pretty quiet and that's completely understandable. But on the other side, on the other side, right, and did. On the other side, Rashawn Gary, you know, can you count on him to have, have a big two or three sack game, an acute critical game? Like, we're not talking about Reggie White here. I completely understand that. But when you get to the playoffs, your best players have to play their, their best games or they have, to, they, have to do, they have to do the thing. And it's just between the players who very much were a bigger part of the equation, this was not on coaching. But coaching is still part of the is still part of the equation, and it still stands to reason that San Francisco is Green Bay's boogeyman. Like when you look at it, people were were, were getting upset with me because they were saying that they they thought I was trying to blame the loss on Matt Lafleur by pointing out that he's lost three straight times to Kyle Shanahan and the Forty ers Folks, that is just a fact. Whether you like it or not, whether you like the tone that I'm coming at you with, that is just a straight up fact of life. The Packers have lost. Three times to the San Francisco 49ers, led by Kyle Shanahan. Matt LaFleur is the little bro getting his little head rubbed at the top. You know, like you get the little like, you know, you know, good try, kid. That's Shanahan to Matt LaFleur again for the third time in five years. Like, that's all. I mean, you know, whether you want to break it down granularly and all that stuff is is one thing. But the Packers have to either overcome it or hope the Niners dismantle themselves like you and I talked about. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, it's like you said, like, like you had said earlier this week, it's, you know, Mike Holmgren, who is my, a great head coach, in my opinion, one of the, the second-best coach in Packer history, lost to Jimmy Johnson three times. Yes. Never beat him you know, in the playoffs. No, no, own three, and then Dallas lost to Carolina, and the Packers then beat Carolina and went on to win a Super Bowl. And then Dallas wasn't Dallas anymore. They Aikman got hurt, and but this became a different Cowboy team. They kind of went away after a while. But yeah, I mean, some you know, there are teams that have trouble with other teams for whatever reason. And yeah, the Niners are a team that the and listen, the Niners are good. Just like that Dallas team was good. Like you say, you know, Savage, Christopher, Dar- Darnell Savage isn't the first person to miss a tackle on Christian McCaffrey. Definitely not. not. Be the last person. No, definitely uh, not. I mean, McCaffrey was McCaffrey. an MVP he's candidate. A, I, McCaffrey, yeah. yeah, he's the best running back in football. Yeah. And he played like it. I mean, the Packers actually did a better job than I thought they would on him. I until mean, he had 98 they, they, yards. They did until, until they, they didn't. Could. Yes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but again, if it's if they score early, that last touchdown is just making it making the score closer than, than it was. And mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been like the Dallas game. Dallas scored at the end, uh, so they only lost by 16 instead of, you know, 22 or whatever it was. You know, again, <laughs> we said when, when we did the, our show last week and talked about the defense going against, I said, you know, this San, this San Francisco offense, you know, Purdy is what he is. He's he's very efficient. I still don't think he's a great quarterback, but he's pretty tough. He's pretty good. He, they they had their chances to take advantage of some of, of, some of his throws, and, and they didn't. But McCaffrey is very now. I, I got it. I don't know Debo got got her, which was a break for the Packers. Was supposed um, to be, yeah, because he's very good too. Yeah, he's, he's a very good player. Although this, that Jennings kid came in and played pretty pretty well. For of him. course, that, that's a kid stepping up that I never even knew. You yeah, know, of I mean, course, he's a guy that they, they didn't do much all all year. I thought the Packers did a. De- I thought they did a very good job on Brandon Ayuk. Uh, who's a very good player. He made that great catch yeah, on the that's, last drive. That's the other thing too. They did a great job a great on Ayuk player. until until they didn't. Yeah, and that's that's well, why like that's they did your... a good job on him. He was covered. It was a it, I mean, I, the guy made a great catch. Of sometimes course, of course he did. Say, of course he did. Yeah. Sometimes you have to say that guy made a good play. Like, you know, he's a good player and he gets paid good money to make. He was a first round pick for for a reason. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like now Jennings, I don't know where I don't know where the hell he came from, but you know, and and Kittle's Kittle, you know he he's one of the better tight ends in, in football. And you know he had the touchdown. He beat Savage. I don't know if it's a miscommunication error or Savage just got beat. But and again, I don't want to get I don't want to bring bring the the referees into the game. But the Packers weren't the beneficiary of too many good too many calls. Let's put it that way. But things happened. Packers did get a big break when Eric Wilson made the play today. <laughs> By recovering that uh, Nixon's fumble, it just on the, on the these kickoff. are the these are the kind of things. I I mean, that's a great example of he did. He made a great play, but you know why? Why does I mean just you know if you if you want to win big, you can't do crap like that. You can't fumble the ball, Keyshawn Nixon. You no. can't put the ball on the ground. You can't miss forty-one yard field goals. You can't drop interceptions. You can't give up a 30-yard touchdown run to, I don't care if it's the second coming of Walter Payton. Like, it's the playoffs. You can't. You just can't. You can't. You can't give that stuff up. Of course, Brandon Ayuk picks the ball up off the damn turf. 
right? Because he's playing against the Packers and and somehow, some way, you know, the football gods just don't smile as much on Green Bay when they're playing the, the 49ers. So there is a force, a vortex, whatever it is that the Packers are either going to have to overcome or, again, hope that the Niners dismantle. I don't know that they are. I think they've got young players and they're going to be around for a while. And this could end up being the the matchup that just continues to befuddle from from a playoff standpoint. Now, on the offensive yeah. side of the ball, we all know about the last throw. We don't have to rehash that. It was terrible. Uh, Jordan Love, the, the last interception that Greenlaw made. The one that really, really irritated me, but, you know, the, the next lose-my-mind moment was that little dump-off that he missed to Aaron Jones. I mean, yeah. you can't miss. You just can't. You can't miss stuff like that. You just simply can't. Well, Love explained that, that there was a miss. He thought Jones was going to sit yes. in the zone, and yes. Jones kept going. You know who um, didn't have miscommunication? You know who didn't have communication problems on the crucial drive in, in the game on offense? The 49ers. Because, and that's. Well, they did. They took a great, they, you know, they did some. Hey, listen, the Niners didn't play a perfect game by any means. They did when they game. needed to. That's all, that's all I'm saying. They did when they needed to. On that last drive, suddenly they got their you know what together and they didn't have the communication problems and they did make the, the key play and did score the points they needed. Yeah, they did. And that's why they were the top seed. That's why they won. That's why they're. They, that's why, why they were a 10 point favorite that they didn't come close to covering. But, you know, again, I'm not. Listen, we, we said last week, neither one of us picked the Packers to win. We didn't think the Packers were going to win this game. I'm not as upset. I'm not. Listen, they had to. Yes, they had a million chances as, as we've gone over. But I'm not as I'm not as down about this loss as I am about a lot. This doesn't rank up there with my worst losses because it wasn't even supposed to be. You know, I mean, they had their chances. Yes, but a young team. And this is the youngest team to ever win a playoff game. Made young mistakes. Mm hmm. From the young rookie kicker to the young quarterback to the some of the younger guys on now some of the guys some of the older guys weren't like you that you mentioned need that's who needed to step up mm-hmm. like you said before to Rashawn Gary and and, and I thought Kenny Clark played okay but some of the older veterans especially on defense because there's there's no old veterans on on, on well Aaron, jo- Aaron Jones had a nice game Aaron Jones had a, had, a, had a real nice game the one one like you said one play where you know, he, him and Love weren't on the same page, but he was open. And that would have gone for who knows how. I mean, I was, I was absolutely shocked that he pulled in that two point try because nothing's easy in the playoffs for the Packers. I mean, as good as Jordan Love has been playing, he he nearly overthrows Aaron Jones, and I would not have been surprised if that ball had been dropped. It wasn't a very well placed pass, but he made the made the catch. He made a nice play. Made a nice play. Now Jones had a nice game, but it, it was the young. I mean, as as I was saying toward the end of the year about should they make the playoffs do we want to make are they going to make they got a double dose of playoff experience mm-hmm. which to me and, and th- through my years of covering the NFL and, and watching the game to me that's important I think it, I mean I know it's not like it used to be it's not always a, a linear advancement in the playoffs although I still think that's the way to do it I, I think you I think it's hard to go from not making the playoffs now the Lions might do it although the the Lions last year, they didn't make the playoffs only because of a tiebreaker. But they – and they might – I don't know if they're going to get to the Super Bowl. Not, I, don't, I don't think they beat San Francisco. But it's hard to not make the playoffs, in my opinion, to not to go from a team that's never been in the playoffs to a Super Bowl, which is why I don't think the Lions are going to win. I think you need – especially when – and when the Lions aren't really young, I wouldn't think, right? They're not a – 
No, they've got some. They've got some vets. Young. They have some vets on their on their squad. They're youngish, yes. but they're not yet. I mean, Goff's been around forever now. Yeah, their offensive line is, you know, not old but not young. Gibbs, I mean, the the running back's young, but I mean, they're yeah. I wouldn't call them a young. I mean, they're not old, but they're not young. Right. But anyway, a young team like this, like this Packer team, I think they need it. Now they know what the playoffs is all about because it's a different. Like you you said, the playoffs are a different animal, and now they know. Now they know what. They know what it took to beat Dallas, and they know what they have to do, what they didn't do, that needs to be done to, to beat San Francisco. And uh, would they beat the Lions? I don't know. I mean, that would have been would have been their third straight road game and their fifth road game in six weeks. And the Lions are pretty fired up right now. I wonder what the line would have been. Lions would have probably been two and a half, right? Yeah, we'll, we will. We will never know. We will never know. And I think uh, you know. Again, the the I want. I, I said, and this is very hedgy sounding, I won't be surprised if the Packers win it all next year or if they don't get past the wild card round. I will be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. I, I do expect right. them to make the playoffs. In fact, I can tell you right now, I don't care what Detroit does in this playoff run, and that includes winning a Super Bowl. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden going to show up and be this juggernaut for the, the next foreseeable many years, because what's going to happen. And you and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording is if the lions get to a super bowl and if they win it, you know what their coaching staff is going to start getting picked and plucked. Well, that's other, other, ben Johnson's gone. Uh, other teams. Yeah. Other teams are going to want their coaches and, and no, to, no team is, is a carryover. Now they can certainly come back. They've got a great culture. Dan Campbell's a fantastic head coach. And, and I think they could very easily come back and be just as good next year and maybe go back again. I have no idea, but I wouldn't necessarily count on it. I think that, I think the Packers are, are likely going to be, favored to win the division next year. And I I'll be surprised if they don't, I, I just, I, I think that during the regular season, they'll do enough to win those games. The big question is, is do they learn the lessons that you just mentioned? Cause you were right about all of them, Mark, you, you, you can't leave as many plays on the field as the Packers did and win most playoff games, let alone against a, a team that's several seeds ahead of you. And it is the one seed and they still had a chance. I mean, it still came down to the end. It was an exhilarating game and, you can't complain about the eight quarters, especially the first four. Those were fantastic against Dallas. But you can't complain about the eight quarters that we were afforded that were in addition to this regular season. And so as we transition into the offseason, there's already been some chatter over the past couple of days about Matt LaFleur spoke to the media, talked about his coaching staff, who he was very complimentary of. Didn't say a ton about Joe Barry, but he didn't obviously make it sound like Joe Barry's out the door either. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do there. In fact, if you know, you, you've, you've, you've been in that room many times at the end of a season, I would imagine that that's the kind of stuff as a writer or somebody who covers the team is you're looking for are more clear signs of what you think is going to happen as far as players, coaches and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah. And, and you rarely get, well, I'll tell you a story when I forget what year it was now, but, uh, the Eagles lost. I don't know if they was made the playoffs and lost early, or they maybe didn't even make it. But the day after, it was the end of the year press conference, and I asked I asked Andy Reid, "Can we expect any any changes to his coaching staff?" And he flat out said, "No, no, I don't expect any changes. I think we'll, you know, I like my staff. I think we'll we'll have everybody back next year." And two weeks later, they fired Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so sometimes what you're what you're told in the press conference isn't always what. 
happens anyway. I thought I took out of that out of that out of Matt Lafleur's press conference. I, I went into that thinking Barry's Barry's fine. He's not. They're not going to get rid of him now. I was probably like seventy thirty that he would that they were going to bring him back. After that press conference, I'm maybe I don't. I'm less than fifty fifty. He had every he had every opportunity to stay. Yeah, but you know Joe's coming back. He he didn't say that. And when it, and when you compare it to what he was asked about Tom Clements and made it clear that he wants Tom Clements back, right? He made it very yes. clear. No, yeah, we love and Tom. Tom did a great job. I think I hope he should. He yeah. Oh, I hope he's up. You know that would be all. Clemens might just want to retire. He's seventy one. But I mean, I, to me, that was pretty telling that he made it clear that he didn't say well. When he was asked about Barry, he said, well, we have to evaluate everything. He gave a typical coach speak. Well, we have to evaluate. We have to do this. We've got to look at everything. I haven't done anything like that yet. You know, I, we, you know, I got to talk to this guy. I got to talk. He, you know, he, he, he gave your dance, yeah. dance around the, you know, right. answer, which is fine. All yeah, coaches do that. I agree. But then when asked about Clemens, he didn't say, well, we, we still, you know, no, he said, no, no, I want him back. I'm, Tom's great. I want him. So that tells me something. Mm-hmm. That tells me a little bit. Yeah, and I think you know Matt needs to be open minded, and he is. I think he is a very open minded individual. He might not make the choice we all want him to, but I do think he takes the time to evaluate it, look it over. He was asked about potentially giving up play play calling, and said he was. Now that could have been coach speak too. What did you think of that, Mark? When, when I mean Matt Lafleur not calling plays. Honestly, I don't want him not calling the plays. I I no, think I he's. A, I think he's. A, I think he's a good play caller. I don't want. Yeah. I don't want him handing that off. I, and and the the easy example is is the disaster that it created in 2015 when McCarthy did that he ended up taking it back from Tom Clements. Listen, do what you're good at. Matt Lafleur is a good play caller. Don't give that up. No, and I think he was just. No, I don't think he's giving up play calling. Um, <laughs> I, I'll be shocked. Yes. Yeah. So no, I don't. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't. But but back to the coaching thing, and then someone brought up. He was asked the same thing last year. After not making the playoffs, he was asked about his coaching staff, and he was more demonstrative in saying, "No, we're not making a you know, no, you know." He could have, you know, again, it was probably directed about Joe Barry. I'm, 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 I'm assuming. I think again, I, I'm, I'm just this is just you know, speculation on my part that, yeah, I, you never want to fire a guy until you know who you want to take his place. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen. And I've been involved in things where you, you you fire some guy, and all of a sudden there's no like like people say no, or they don't want you, you and you, you can't find anybody to take his place, or you can't or, or anybody better to take his place, and you're like, and then you wind up like, oh, geez, we, we, we know. so I'm thinking they might be looking to see a who's available, who would want to, and this and let me tell you this, there's a lot of jobs open right now, coordinator. Yeah. Um, there's, some, there's still some head coaching jobs open, but there's a lot of coordinator jobs open. Mm-hmm. The Eagles just fired both of their coordinators. The Bears are looking for they Bears just hired an offensive coordinator, but they're still looking for a defensive coordinator. Um, all the new team, all the teams with new head coaches are going to be looking for. So there's a lot of a lot of coordinator jobs open right now. Yeah. So, but I would I'm, I'm going to say this. I think the Packers, if Joe Barry is is let go, and the Packers are looking for a defensive coordinator, and I'm a defensive coordinator looking for a job, the Packers job's pretty good. Yeah, I agree. That's you, one of the better because the stability a, you got you're going to run the defense. I mean, Lafleur seems like the kind of guy that he'll let you unless you mess up, and then he might say he has to talk to you. But he lets you have all, autonomy on that side of the ball, so he's not going to be looking over your shoulder a whole lot. 
which is what the coordinator wants. Second, you have some, there's some players there. I mean, you know, you, you have some, some young talented players. Now you, you need some more, but they have, but you also go into a team with five picks in the first three rounds of the draft to add you to add some more, you know, players to your mix. Yes. You know, you're not going to lose anybody of any real substance in free agency. It's not like they re-signed Gary Clark signed, you know, those young defensive linemen are all signed. Uh, you have to assume you have to assume that they're going to pay attention to the safety position. The other thing, yes. the other thing that I saw earlier today that was a very good point is the stability in the front office and with the head coach. Right. So it's yeah, it's very to likely right. that you're gonna you're gonna be around for a couple of years. You're not going to be a one and done. Right. I was like I was talking to a friend of mine that covers the Eagles earlier today, and I I said you know he was saying that the Eagles could hire this guy that guy. I'm like. I don't know if that's a job people want. You, they they just fired. They hired a guy yeah. and fired him yeah. eleven games into the yes. season. <laughs> yeah, that number was... one, number two. Sirianni is on the. I mean, is on the hot seat. So you know, do you want to go to a place where the guy that hired you gets fired next year, and then you're out of work again? Yeah, you know, uh, that's risky. Yeah, um, that's that's and again, you know, for another show for another time. But that was really really bizarre. Um, ending to a season yeah. for, for a team, especially for a team that was in a Super Bowl last year. But yes. yeah, no, the Packers, the Packers' job would be attractive. Uh, I, I yeah, just, I'll just, attractive. I'll just say this: I do think, I do think that Matt Lafleur should should make a change. I think that the right. defense would benefit from having a fresh approach, and I mean, you know, fresh, younger. And I, I said we would, we would maybe hear Al Harris's name later in the show. I don't know if he's necessarily defensive coordinator material. And I say that literally to the, to the letter of, I don't know. Maybe he is. I'm not saying he's not. That's not me saying, I don't think he is. That's me saying, I legitimately don't know. I mean, he could be great or he may not be. I mean, you, you know, the one thing that we've seen a lot of times happen is you promote a coach who's very successful in their role, but then that next step elevates them a little above their total capacity. And, and I, Al Harris is a stand-up guy. He's solid. He's, he knows football. I love the passion that he brings. He's still young enough that I think he would relate very well to a young team, young defense uh, name wise. And, and, you know, talking about that playoff game against Seattle, uh, you know, he was the hero in, in overtime with the big pick six. You could do, a lot worse than Al Harris, but find the right guy. If you're going to do that, find, find the right guy. And hopefully the Packers have a plan there. And, and I, I hope it doesn't come down to, Hey, all the guys we wanted ended up taking other jobs. We'll just right. stick with Joe Barry and hope, because if you stick with Joe Barry and hope you're going to get the same thing next year that you got this year. And you're, you're absolutely going to get zero confidence from me in, in the postseason because offenses are just going to pluck, pluck, uh, pluck them apart. They're, they're going to do exactly what they did in this game. I don't care. The Packers could be up 41 to nothing. They'll end up losing somehow because Joe Barry's defense will go into prevent or, you know, whatever stupid nonsensical thing will happen. And that's just, you know, that's just, just the way it goes. I, I don't know where you stand on the, on the does Joe go or stay train. Uh, no, I, I, I told you after hearing LaFleur talk, I'm, I switched what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I would let him go. I, I just like for the reasons that you're not, I'm not quite as, I don't think they would blow a forty-one nothing lead, but um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'm with you. I, I think they need a new, a new look on defense. Um, just I, I, I don't. Again, I say this. I've said this twenty times this year. You and I were doing the show along with Paul when they hired Joe Barry. We were taping 
when we were doing it Fridays, I think, or Saturday, whatever it was, whatever day we were doing it, we were taping as they announced Joe Barry got yes. the job. And we were yep. This isn't the guy we would have hired. He's not my kind of coach. He's not, I'm not saying, and I'm not saying good that he's bad. I'm just saying I like aggressive defense. I like, I like blitzing. I like man, you know, man coverage, press man, blitz. I don't like sitting back in, in zones, and uh, and I don't like bend but don't break. I like, I, I you know, maybe because I grew up, you know, covering, you know, Buddy Ryan and then Jim Johnson and then, you know, Jeff Fisher or whoever, guys that, that, that was their style. You know, let's go, let's get after the quarterback. Let's get after the quarterback. Let's, let's. Let's be aggressive. I think the, I think the nature of, of of defense is to be aggressive. I think players like playing that that way. Players I've talked to anyway like that aggressive style, that aggressive nature. That let's you know let's let's attack. So I would rather that kind of coach. And that's not that's just that. And, and listen, Joe Barry isn't the only one that plays that way. I mean, there's a lot of defensive coaches that play that style. So I don't want anybody like that either. I don't. If they get rid of Barry, don't get me a Barry clone. Yeah. I want you know I want somebody. And we don't know what Al's going to be now. It's funny, I was talking or going back and forth on Twitter with somebody about Al, and I said, you know, he learned under, you know, his first coordinator was, was Jim Johnson. So, you know, you would think if he has any kind of, you know, if that he would draw a little bit, draw from, from that a little bit. Here's my concern with Al is if Dan Quinn leaves the Cowboys to become a head coach, and he's, he's had some interviews, I believe, wouldn't Dallas promote him? I would think so. You'd have to. Get, I mean, Al Harris and Mike McCarthy have have really good history, and if Mike's making the choice, you would have to think he would get a long look at least. I mean, he's there. I mean, and if he doesn't, what's that tell? You? Quinn leaves, and they promote the linebacker coach instead of Al. Hmm. They know him better than, than we do as a coach. They do, but you know, my hokey brain looks at it, and it's like if, if it wasn't the Dallas Cowboys, I think it would say more to me. But it is Dallas, and it's Jerry Jones, and somehow. I, I wouldn't totally trust that they weren't making a huge mistake by not hiring Al Harris and I'd still look at him and take a you know, give him a give him a look if they if they want to go fresh. I mean Evero is another name that's been very, very heavily linked. He, to, might get, he might get the Carolina head coaching job. Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah. And and, and you know I would hire Wink Martindale. Yeah, Wink, yeah, he's yeah, he's out there and if, if he if he relates well and he can come in a, you you said aggressive and I, I would say Joe Barry did get aggressive at the end of the season, but he had to get poked yeah. in the butt he had to get poked in the butt to do it. So I would say aggressive on their and by their own accord, not because the head coach is sitting in the back of your meetings in the back of the room. Well Wink you don't get no more aggressive than Wink Martindale. Right. And, and you can live and die, and you you know you can live and die by that too, because right now the Packers don't have the kind of players to get home if they're going to blitz a lot, like a Wink Martindale. They would have to add some pieces that are that can absolutely get home on a blitz, because the Packers blitzed, you know, they blitzed this year. They were just extremely inept at doing it. Well, maybe they blitzed the wrong people, or maybe they had the wrong blitz game. I don't. I think they have guys that can. I think I think Quay Walker could be a very good, you know, coming off the coming line him up. Any, I would do like we said this. Before I would do a lot of different things with Quay Walker than what Joe Barry does. Mm-hmm. I would make him like a, a mini Micah Parsons. I would line him up. I'd, I'd I'd have him on the line. I'd have him. I'd make the offense have to know where where's Walker this play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do with him. I think he's that talented. I think he has that. Uh, he's certainly athletic enough to do all kind of things. So take it. That's why they drafted him, right? Because of his a- athleticism. Well, then let him use that. You know, right? Don't make him a, a you know stand stand up middle linebacker that. I mean, you, you can, you know, you can find guys anywhere that can do that. Yep. 
use a, take advantage of, of his skill set. Well, and the other thing, too, the, the secondary needs a lot of attention, and I will just make a, a quick note here. That came out, um, we're recording on Tuesday because of schedules, so we're recording a little bit earlier than normal, but now that we're in the offseason, that doesn't really matter. So late on Tuesday, there was some conversation about some social media posts by Jair Alexander that sounded very goodbye-ish. But if you look at Jair's contract right now, the Packers are not in any position to be moving on from him if, if, if that is indeed some sort of writing on the wall. And Jair, you know, stepped in and... And warriored through. I mean, was he great? Great. He had the interception against Dallas. Was he great? Great against San Francisco. I mean, he was he was helpful. I don't know if he was great. Great. But I want Jair back. I, I want I want Jair yeah. back on this on this defense. And then you add some more pieces at, at corner if you can. I think Carrington Valentine can be OK. I don't know if you want him starting and, and playing quite yet. He was eh, it was OK. The safety position is what I think is is really going to get, yeah. you know, Brian Gutekunst tends to stack and, and double up at, at certain positions. And so don't don't be surprised to see the safety position get a lot of attention unless there's just something that they know that we don't know about Anthony Johnson yeah, that, to where they wouldn't where they wouldn't address it early on in the draft. But that's the other thing, too, is, is you need defensive backs that are, you know, can can bring it. You know, Brian Branch had a good season for the Detroit Lions, so it's not like you can't find a safety that can step in and play right away. It's not a position that's so complex that they're they're likely going to have to give a guy a couple of years. You find the right player, they can come in and, and do some good damage in your defense right away. Maybe you can start blitzing defensive backs a little bit more. You get you get a little bit more versatile on your defense. You know they're they're not in they're not in too bad a shape, but you know the the idea that they need to get stronger in the middle, and I don't know what they'll do with Devondre Campbell. They're going to have to rework his contract or have him take a a restructure. If they don't, he could end up being gone because if they cut him after June first, his cap hit is quite a, a bit more palatable. Although I would you know I would say if he wants to come back, then I you know you you probably consider keeping him unless there's somebody that's hitting free agency or gets cut that we don't know about. I I have I have no idea, but I don't think this this defense is is too far off from being better than they were this season. If they make the improvements, then you'd like to think that they make the plays that this team didn't against San Francisco, and that they're in much better shape come crucial game and playoff time next year. Oh well, yeah, I mean yeah, safety I think is the number without a doubt the number one need on the team. And I think they may address it, like you said, both through free agency and in the draft. Goody has done has done that before. Mm-hmm. You know, the year he signed Zadarius and Preston Smith, and then drafted Rashawn Gary. So yes. he's he's not afraid to over you know overcompensate for a position of of, of weakness. So yeah, I could definitely see him uh, doing a few things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So with the off season now, I mean, there's there's going to be more updates and more stuff will come out and we'll have news. And, you know, as as things move along and the coaching carousel continues as the playoffs continue and then definitely once the Super Bowl's over with and all the coaches are done working and, and anybody who's available will interview and jobs will get filled and all that kind of stuff. We'll have more stuff for you here on this edition of the Thursday edition of the Packet A podcast. But remind everybody, because now the season is over, you've got a little more latitude with what you write and you usually come up with some really fun topics. In fact, I know you teased what you're, what you're working on for this week and it's up right now as, as we speak, but uh, what's happening over Packer report. Yeah. I have a story up now just on my, my awards. Um, you know, the NFL gives out their you know, the most valuable player, player, offensive player of the year, defensive player, of the year, rookies of the year, coach of the year, this, that, the other year. Well, I did it just, but I did it for the Packers. So you can go on there now and see who I gave out the awards to, and you can tell me if I'm if you agree or if you think I'm crazy or 
I'm sure I'll get both. Sure. Well, I mean, that's that's what the offseason is all about, though. It's about, you know, giving your opinions and takes on what's going on, because what else do we have? There's no more football, unfortunately, to be played. And Packers gave us a great season. But that's what we're going to be doing is a lot of I think we'll have to probably bring back a couple of our topics that we really enjoyed last year, like biggest concern, biggest, you know, all that kind of stuff. We'll we'll definitely do that. And, uh, you know, make make sure you stay tuned over at Packer Report for all the good stuff that Mark is doing. Quick slants will kind of be on an as-needed basis, so if there's news, I'll do a quick slants podcast, but you know, I'll always be back on the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast with everybody and uh, rolling along with that. So as we move towards Conference Championship weekend, hope everybody is doing okay. Staying warm wherever you're at. Hope winter is not being too much of a pain for you. We'll be back at it again next week. Everybody enjoy the Conference Championship games. Even though there is no more Packers football, we must always be loyal fans. And as always, go Pack Go. inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.